I want to talk a little more about about London as well, right? And we've re- alluded to this already, which is this the night tube I have in <laughs> in the document in all caps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one thing that about London, and we can extend a little out as well from just like these wa- either doing touristy things in Notting Hill or sort of living and um, eking out um, as much utopia as you can in in Mile End. We also have sort of frequent trips to Soho and seeing the and, and sort of in trying to enjoy the the street corner of um of standing outside the pub near where she works and we'll talk about where she works uh, where mm-hmm. Melissa works. Um and you have lots of parks and people eating in public. It seems as though and that you you've also sort of in addition to being a kind of you know, a, it's a forlorn love letter in some senses in that it's you see all these wonderful things about about London, something that I, that really impacts me is all the good things about it are basically public the public spaces street corner demonstrations mm. the night tube yeah. buses yeah. And <laughs> coming to know the city by the roots of the buses and parks and green spaces explicitly it's the- illegal things like protests or yeah. uh, you know like yeah. g- g- club nights that are sort of like running slightly beyond their license things like that yeah exactly and i just it's i guess i was again perhaps with the sort of romance of lockdown but I mean, I guess Alice, you'll remember this. But like having those those um, under eighteen oyster cards was just so incredible. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it genuinely like I. It's this is one of the things. Uh, g- governments in this book only really sort of like take the form of like I, you know, the, the Brazilian sort of like incipient coup that's you know, and, and, and the ousting of Dilma Rousseff or the dictatorship itself in the seventies, and then there's this one instance of like a policy that makes people's <laughs> lives better. Or there's a couple because it's, mm. there's that and there's EMA um, yeah. in in the section where Melissa's growing up. Uh, and uh, again, yeah, this, that's all stuff I remember was EMA, and then yeah. like uh, the introduction of tuition fees and everything like slamming back down, and all of those horizons sort of like closing again. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I hope this is something we're going to talk about because I know we want to talk about Mark, but there's such like a generational, uh, almost like dramatic irony, like between the millennials who read this book and then like the boomers who read the book. I feel like um, the millennials are like, yeah, yeah, we get all of this. Like it may all make sense to us. Whereas I feel like some of the older people who read the book, um, they don't think it's funny. They don't get the jokes. Mm. And I think maybe a lot of the jokes, that's because it's like laughing at Mark or it's like, making a little bit of a joke about like how the millennial girls are greeting each other or whatever. Yeah. Um, or like how much they love the night tube. Like it's all a bit silly. Um, her friend Ivy who shoplifts uh, yeah. from like, uh, you know, love from Canary Ivy. Wharf. Ivy, the yeah, management I, consultant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love Ivy. She, secure the bag. But I, like... I love Ivy so much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I, yeah. I, I I am absolutely absolutely familiar with this stuff because there's there's a long section about Melissa's upbringing in South London, and I felt that sort of like creeping closer to my location, like the little <laughs> scanner in Aliens, <laughs> until until I read the words uh, "house party with Dulwich boys" on the page, and at that point I changed my name, moved into witness protection. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a recovering one of those, it's like it's so well observed. Genuinely, there's there's this one line where it's oh god, let me find it. Um, is it uh, is it physically you, that you tensed when you read the phrase Dulwich boys, the Henry or Mark or Charles or Ralph or Hugo or Joshua? Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, just 
<laughs> no, I've had. I, 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 yeah. Please. It, no, it's it's triggering. I've had people be like, "Oh no, I'm sorry." <laughs> um. So the, I mean. I, I want to move on to some of the sort of some of the politics and then the section I have called Mark. I mean, we're not going to get I don't think we're going to get to talk about everything, but there again, there are so many things. But yeah, there's a lot, of, thing, a lot of Brazil in here that I'm not qualified to talk about and that I have very yeah. sort of like in, in in complete thoughts about. Yeah. But I want to say one more thing about London and how I reacted to your portrayal of it, um, which is that I've always since I moved here, I've felt a kind of um, a sense of loss that I've a, a, a loss of something I never had, uh, which I've felt since I was a teenager, um, because I grew up in a, a very lovely small town in Canada called Niagara on the Lake, where I couldn't leave anywhere. I couldn't do anything. And nobody my age lived there. Um, and so I grew, I spent my entire adolescence essentially completely by myself, desperate just to get older so I could move out. It wasn't unpleasant. Right, I had a perfectly fine relationship with my family, um, you know, with a, sort of a lovely house, all that. Like it was perfectly pleasant, and yet it was torture by boredom. Um, and we were sort of stuck there, and we couldn't really leave. And they realized that they, my parents, I think, realized they made a horrible mistake moving there. But then we couldn't really leave because the the business that my parents were in was so connected to the place, um, and. You know, I think, but I think they were also so paralyzed with this that they we never really took a lot of trips. Really, I think we all just put our heads down and tried to get through it. And I've been sort of, and then and then sort of when I moved to London, um, I had never had. I, I sort of had to build myself a social life here entirely by sheer force of will and effort. Um, and all my, I sort of grew up. Want it knowing, not knowing what a normal, um, you know, sort of urban social life looked like, but knowing that I wished I had one. Should have grown up in South London, then. Yeah, yeah it's a, here is the skill issue. <laughs> I, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like, and I think this is sort of the kind of what Melissa experiences, but I feel ready to socialize with like one person a week now. I feel like I was <laughs> so overexposed to like being blackout drunk and pills <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> Um, I, 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 so I, I sort of see in, in London, I see in your portrayal of London, this young person's view of the place. And it feels odd to me to see that view so clearly and to know that, you know, it's like what, it's what 16 year old me was kind of desperate to escape into. Riley, you, you and I are, 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 of one mind on this one, because despite growing up in South London, despite being on the periphery of some of this stuff, like not really being cool enough necessarily, but like as a trans woman, like a lot of the depiction of specifically a girlhood in South London is something I had no idea I like wanted at that age. Uh, and so, yeah, ab absolutely the, the big yearn there, you know? Yeah, bo both Alice and I were like DW holding the fence, <laughs> <laughs> looking <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Oh God! Well, oh yeah. Melissa doesn't even enjoy it at the time. I don't think she's <laughs> no. But that's that's a, that's a thing about London uh, too. Like more broadly in the book is uh, it's it's a lot of people are very very excited by something that is in a lot of ways kind of shit. And all right, let's talk about Mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mar I love I love Mark. Uh, I, I love, love Mark too. I love Mark words. too. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Mark is Mark is Melissa's boss. Um, yeah. she's a software developer. What he actually does beyond sort of like company director is not entirely clear. Ooh, he makes. Ooh, ooh. Can I say I've had a job interview with Mark before? <laughs> um. When I was when I was finished at at LSE, I applied to a bunch of places. Among them was a uh, like a PR firm. I, I made like forty job applications. Among them was a PR firm based in sort of Golden Square area in Soho. Yeah. So not Soho Square, Golden Square, a little south, but nevertheless. And he was a um, a committed Blairite who wanted to go for drinks immediately after the interview. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and shared, I think, Mark's enthusiasm about London and confidence that it's still 1997. Um, mm. But I, look, I think you, you've written Mark as a comic character, and he's one I want to talk about for a bit, because obviously on the podcast, we meet Mark all the time. But he's sort of portrayed more as baffled and bemused and kind of an unintentional clown than someone who's particularly vicious. Yeah. You know, he, he sort of recognizes that he was in the right place at the right time, like in and around the fringes of the Labour Party, that he came up close enough to it that he can largely trade on his connections. And it sort of implied quite heavily that most of his business is just doing kind of busy work for his much more successful and ruthlessly yeah. capitalist brother. Yeah. 